0: Great, grandfather. I just want to thank you for this day that you have made, and <clears throat> thank you that we can come here to worship you. and We do uh, <clears throat> thank you for for all those who have served in our military, and uh, some have given their lives. We just thank you for the price that they paid, and we, we thank you for giving your life to die on the cross for our sins, and thank you for your salvation. The, you have provided if we simply accept you as our Lord and Savior. So I just pray that you would be with us this morning as we hear your word once again, that you will speak to our hearts and that you will continue to change us and make us into what you want us to be. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright, number 581 again. When I was Working on the music for today, this verse number three really stood out. Let's just take a moment of silence. Give thanks for all that God has done in our lives. For all that God has done for this nation. Who've served and given their lives. Thank you, Lord, that this nation was founded on Judaic principles. That you determined that this nation, America, would carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. And Lord, you are not done with this nation. look at the moment, God. We know that you have a plan. And we trust in you for that plan. We bring our loved ones to you today, Lord, that couldn't be here. Father, we bring our loved ones that don't know you yet. We call all the prodigals home. Sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, aunts and uncles, friends that we care about. We lift them each one up before you today, Lord. You know their names. You know where they are. We may not, but you know. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. This is Pentecost Sunday sight that was that day, Lord, when the tons of fire came. We welcome your presence today here, Holy Spirit, in each heart, in each life, in this building, in our homes, in our cars, wherever we go, your Holy Spirit goes with us. We thank you for that, Lord, for the power of your word and the power of your name.
1: Verse that Sheila likes, let music swell the breeze. There's a breeze out there Mm and rain from all the trees, and there's indeed music flowing through the trees out there with the breeze. It's a beautiful day, though, isn't it? God bless each one of us here today. Today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Memorial Day as uh, a little bit of a history about it and how it also interacts with our scriptures as well for today. I'm not sure how many, well I'm sure everybody has heard the taps being played after uh, services at a cemetery when somebody's in the military. Uh, They play them um, as as a common courtesy, but it's a little bit of a story on that. The origin of taps actually occurred back in the Civil War. Back in 1862, Union Army General Daniel Butterfield and his brigade were camped at Harrison's Landing in Virginia, following seven days' battle near Richmond. At that time, when it was lights out, we were supposed to go to bed at night, and so it was lights out, they had a standard method of doing lights out, and that was a bugle call, followed by three loud taps on a drum. Well, General Butterfield was not happy about that. He thought the last sound that you should hear when you go to sleep should be more soothing and relaxing and not three drums. So he rewrote the bugle call and eliminated the sound of the drum. After he had his bugler play it for the men, buglers from other units became interested and it quickly spread through the Union Army and it even caught on with the Confederates. Then in July, while they were still camped at Harrison's Landing, a corporal happened to die. And so they wanted to do military rights for them and the customary military rights was three rifle shots. But he was refused permission to do that because they feared that the Confederates might mistake the rifle volleys as the beginning of an attack by the Union Army. So they decided to play the bugle call, which has become taps. And that quickly spread throughout the entire army. And now as part of our military service is the playing of taps. I have to tell you a quick little story. We had a funeral service in Pierpont and uh, Wally Low was playing taps. And Wally's about... He was probably about 90 years old, and he was playing the bugle. And, and uh, afterwards, I went up to him. I says, Wally, I says, you really did that good. He turned the, the bugle over, and inside there's a little playing deal inside the bugle. Yeah. I says, really? <laughs> Here, I thought you were actually blowing the horn, and you weren't. Just pretending. But you played it so well. And I guess you really want it played well during... Um, during a service like that, and not too many people play the bugle, so they do what's best now, and they actually put the musical deal right inside the bugle, so it sounds like the real thing. So, that that was kind of cool anyway. Alright, tomorrow is Memorial Day, and it's the beginning of summer vacation. Barbecues, backyard, uh, family get-togethers, and as I was coming over, I saw, I don't know how many people in boats heading down the road. In many churches, Memorial Day is kind of ignored because it's not considered one of the holy days of the church calendar. But really, there's a lot of things in the Bible that relates to memorials. And we're going to go through some of those. I know one of the things that we do nowadays is we put uh, flowers out in the cemetery Um, I'm sure, I I haven't looked at it, I think there's some flowers out here, people will come and put flowers in. It used to be originally called Decoration Day, and then eventually became uh, Memorial Day. We as human beings need reminders about memorials. That's why we go through the cycle, year after year, to remind us about Memorial Day, about those who gave their lives. Of course, one thing we all want to remember is that the most important life given for us was Jesus Christ. He gave his life for us so that we could have the promise of everlasting life. There are other memorials that are related in the Bible that we will recognize. After God destroyed the earth in a flood, he told Noah, I established my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. Then God said, I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So every time we see that rainbow, it's a reminder to us of God's promise to us. Another memorial was erected when Joshua led the people of Israel across the Jordan into the promised land. The Jordan River stopped flowing just as the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant stepped off the riverbanks into the water. Then the priest stood in the middle of the riverbed until everyone had crossed safely. Oh, While wow, they were still crossing, Joshua told the 12 men, one from each tribe, to go into the riverbed and select 12 large stones. They brought those stones up into the riverbank and they made a monument of them. Joshua then said, In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. There are special days and special times in the Bible specifically designed to help us remember. One of them is the festival of Passover. The people of Israel had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Now that's a long time. If you think about the United States, we've only been around for what, 250 some years maybe? We're a pretty young country. These Israelites were captive in Egypt for 400 years, many generations. Finally Moses comes along and God tells Moses, "I want you to go back to Egypt and say to Pharaoh, let my people go." Of course, you know at first Moses kind of No, 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 not me. I'm not that type of a person. God says, you will do that. Don't worry about what the words are going to say. I will provide them for you. God always provides. When he tells us to do something, he will make a way for us to get the job done, no matter what it is. So Moses finally gave in, and he did what God had instructed him to do. But the problem was... When when Moses went to him and said, let my people go, what did Pharaoh do? Basically laughed at him. (laughs) I don't think so. It ain't going to happen. They've been here for 400 years. No. So plague after plague just started happening. And every time when the plague got worse, Pharaoh would say, stop the plague, I'll let the people go. Of course, we know how Pharaoh was in keeping his promises, don't we? The plague would stop and Pharaoh would not let the people go. Finally, Moses said, This is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there ever has been or ever will be again. Then God instructs the Israelites. These are the instructions. Each family is to choose a year-old lamb, one without spot or blemish, the best in the flock. Which makes me think about a couple of things. We're supposed to give our best to God. We're supposed to do our best for God. But I think what happens a lot of times is that we keep the best for ourselves and we give God the leftovers. God demands that we do the best that we possibly can. And so he tells the Israelites, I want the best lamb, one without blemish, That is what you're going to give to me. He gave them further instructions. He said, kill that lamb and drain its blood into a basin. Then roast the lamb. But before you eat, take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on top and both sides of the dwarf. On that night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be assigned for you on the homes where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So every Israelite took hyssop, and they put blood over the doorframe. And that night, just as God said, he brought judgment upon Egypt, and there was weeping, and there was wailing throughout the land But wherever God saw the blood of the Lamb, the homes were spared. The next morning, the Egyptians finally had enough. They urged the Israelites to hurry up and get out of the country. Otherwise, we're all going to die. They realized the power of God. The God. And finally, after 400 years, they were set free. God said, this is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Over 3,500 years have passed by, and every year, faithful Jews still celebrate and remember the Passover. They will not forget what God had done for them. Another event, it would be a day of worship. That's a second memorial I want to talk about. It started, we know when it started, don't we? Back in the book of Genesis, where the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is in six days. And on the seventh day, God rested. God blessed the Sabbath day and called it holy. In the Ten Commandments, is also instructed and told the Jews they were to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, a day of rest and worship. If under God's old Jewish covenant, the seventh day of the week was to be kept holy, why do we as Christians live under the new covenant worshiping on the first day of the week? There's some interesting correlations that come to pass. First of all, Sunday, the first day, is special to Christians. The most important event that happened is that Jesus rose from the dead. His resurrection and as a matter of fact his first six resurrection appearances were all done on the first day of the week. Then 50 days later, Pentecost Sunday, Jesus or ascension I should say, Jesus ascended back into heaven. And then on the day of Pentecost, the first day of the week, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles. What's also interesting to note is that Peter had preached the first gospel sermon on that day and some 3,000 souls were baptized and the church was started. Soon the Christians were meeting regularly upon the first day of the week to worship God and to encourage one another. See, worshiping is what we do on Sundays, and we gather together to help lift each other up. It is the Lord's day. God wants us to be restful. He wants, He encourages us to take a day of rest for Him so we can be holy. Today's society is somewhat fragmented because of just the way it is. I always encourage people that maybe they don't work, maybe they have to work on, I mean, there are people that have to work on Sundays. Otherwise, you have no hospitals, no emergency services. And God, I mean, Jesus helped out on the Sabbath day, despite the fact that the scribes and Pharisees got all up in a tizzy about it. And Jesus said, if somebody needs help, aren't you going to help them? Of course you're going to help them. No matter what day it is. It's what you got to do. So, Sunday, first day of the week, is special in so many ways. And let it be memorial to God and remembering Him as well. And then there is the meal of remembrance. In the night before his crucifixion, Jesus met with his disciples in the upper room, celebrated the Passover together. It was to be an evening of remembering as God had long ago commanded. But as they ate, Jesus gave them something new, something greater to remember. For Jesus took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after his supper, he took the cup that he supped. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. It's a remembrance every time we take communion. It's a remembrance of what Jesus did to the disciples, what he did for them, what he's done for us. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. We are a body of Christians. We are basically many parts of the body of God. We are together. And let the remembrance of the special events that are in the Bible, we need to remember them. Joshua, with the stones out there. With the rainbow, when we see in the sky, remember what Jesus and God had done for us. It is so terrific that God did those memorials for us. It brings me to an interesting story about a young and successful executive named Josh. He was driving in a Chicago neighborhood. He was going a bit fast in his sleek black 12-cylinder Jaguar X-K-E. That must be quite a car. All that stuff in there. He only had it for about two months. He was watching carefully for kids darting out from between parked cars and slowed down when he thought he saw something. As his car passed that spot, no child darted out though. But a brick flew out and <laughs> It hit the Jag's shiny passenger side door. He slammed on his brakes. His gears ground into reverse, taking the Jaguar back to the spot where the brick had been thrown. You can imagine he was not happy. He jumped out of the car, grabbed the kid and pushed him up against the parked car and shouted, Who are you? And what the heck are you doing? Building up a head of steam, he went on. That's my new jig, and the brick you threw is going to cost you a lot of money. Why did you throw it? Please, mister, please, I'm sorry, the boy said. I didn't know what else to do. I threw the brick because no one would stop. Tears were dripping down the boy's chin as he pointed around the parked car. It's my brother, mister, he said. He rolled off the curb and fell out of his wheelchair, and I can't lift him up. Sobbing, the boy pled, would you please help me get him back into his wheelchair? He's hurt, and he's too heavy for me. Moved beyond words, the young executive tried desperately to swallow the rapidly swelling lump in his throat. Straining, he lifted the young man back into the wheelchair and took his handkerchief and wiped the scrapes and cuts, checking to make sure everything was okay. (coughs) He then walked with him to make sure the younger brother would be able to make it home. Okay. Then it was a long walk back to his sleek, black, shining 12-cylinder Jaguar XKE. A long and slow walk. Josh never did fix that side door. He kept the dents to remind himself not to go through life so fast that someone has to throw a brick at him, to get his attention. How are we in our lives? Do we need somebody to perhaps at times throw a brick at us to remind us about the love of God? Do we need somebody to throw a brick at us to remind us of what God did for us up on the cross? Do we need somebody to throw a brick at us and say, hey, God created us. God loves each one of us. Do we need somebody to throw a brick at us and say, you need to love other people as well? (laughs) And the only thing saving you guys today is I forgot to bring bricks to throw today. And I have a lot of them because part of my building is collapsing. So I could have brought a whole bunch of bricks today to throw, which I wouldn't have done. But it was served as a memorial about what God has done for us. I encourage you to, when you go home today, maybe find a brick. Find a stone and place it by your door to serve as a reminder of God. that every time you see that stone every time you see that brick what God has done for you the blessings that you have in your lives there are so many blessings that we have out there I I just I am so thankful what God has done for me I was telling somebody yesterday I said it when I was growing up that I was an only child, and I said when I grew up, I wanted to have two kids, because I didn't want to have them growing up as an only child. As we were building the house, getting everything all ready, before we had kids, I planned out the basement with two bedrooms, because I knew we were going to have two kids. And I've been so blessed to have two grills in my life. To fill those two bedrooms. I just knew that God was going to come through for me. And I tell you, our journey to, have, to having children, it was not an easy one. But God always provides. And I'm sure each one of us here has something that you can relate to for the blessings that God has Bestow it upon you. I'm just, I think about you with your injury in your arm and how you said you probably would never be able to play the guitar again this morning. I said, you're playing the guitar again? Praise the Lord. And make sure we give God the glory and the praise. Make sure we praise him. Say, thank you God for I'm able to play the guitar again. Thank you God for I have my health back again. Thank you God for the blessings of the children in my life. Thank you God for this wonderful church. I texted somebody this morning. I said, yeah, I've got a busy day. I've got to go over to Buffalo Lake. But you know, I just love coming over here every Sunday. Because of the community of believers that has developed here. You have been such an inspiration for me over the years. And I hope I am an inspiration to you as well. And God is more of an inspiration for each one of us. Life is great. Enjoy the days. And as Memorial Day comes up, we'll have a Memorial Day service out here. We'll remember those who have gone on before us, but I always want to say, remember Jesus Christ for what He did for us. It's more than about the soldiers who gave their lives. Because without Jesus giving his life for us, it wouldn't matter. God is great. God is wonderful. And I'm not going to throw bricks at you today. Because they say, people living in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And we all live in a glass house. It's just that God fortifies it better for us as well. So when the devil does throw bricks at us, (laughs) it ain't going to shatter. It will not falter, because God provides for us. So on this special day, which today is Pentecost Sunday, and tomorrow, which is Memorial Day, coming back to back, next week is Trinity Sunday, when we worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which we do all the time anyway. Each one of us, I say to you, Happy Sunday, everybody. Amen. Let's confess our Christian faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. The forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we take our worship, praise, and prayer from this place into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through the love of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Savior walking beside us and know the power of the Spirit in both our actions and our words. May the Father's hand keep you from stumbling. The footprints of Jesus give you confidence to follow. And the fire of the Spirit keep you warm and safe in your walk with God on this very day. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and let God's people say Amen. No, no.
2: You want to just all stand? We're gonna sing God bless America. We'll sing it two twice. I just need you chords him